Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Three, two, one. (sighs) (laughs) But in live action. Hi everybody out there, welcome back to Brokeback Bebop. It's a new dawn for our podcast here. I'm very excited to be here to talk about the first episode of the live-action Cowboy Bebop with my good pal and cohort, Stephen Allen Baker. How are you today? I'm here, hello. (laughs) I've arrived, I've landed. Hopping out of my spaceship. I'm excited, I'm here, I'm in person, Zach. You can see my skin. I can. Oh, boy, can I. Look at that. <laughs> Epidermis. <laughs> I'm good, so buddy. <laughs> uh, before we get into what we're here to talk about, the first episode of the live-action Cowboy Bebop, unless you have anything that you're watching that you'd like to shout out really quick. So I'm intentionally not watching all the shows that are airing right now anime-wise because uh-huh. there's a lot, and I want to be able to like sit down and watch multiples of them. But I did watch the premiere of Chainsaw Man, which I've read all of the manga. You talked that about that, exists. yeah. I just watched but You the talked about premiere. that you were excited for it. Yeah, the animation's really cool. It was like real late at night, and I was kind of sleepy when I was watching it, but I did enjoy it. So it looks like it's going to be just as much of a mess- thrill ride adventure is the manga so check out chainsaw man animation looks cool i've seen a lot of people that i follow that i know to be anime fans sharing stuff about chainsaw man and being excited Mm -hmm. about it so that's cool yeah well i want to talk about before we get into officially the cowboy bebop reboot i want to just talk about the idea of live action versions of specifically anime especially like, American live-action remakes Mm -hmm. of anime. Now, we're both American, so we can't really speak to whether it's cultural appropriation or not too much because we don't have both sides of it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I definitely look at you as someone who knows more about that kind of thing. So how do you feel about the idea of taking something Japanese and turning it into, if not completely whitewashed, a definite Americanized live action version do you think it's cool to spread awareness or do you think it's i I don't know what are your thoughts i think that if it's good enough to make people want to watch the animated one i'm all for it i think that live action adaptations are not inherently bad i think that a lot of times american adaptations of anime tend to be bad because we're like oh people like this is getting popular let's make it and fill it with white people Right. So there's never a lot of money behind it. It's more so like, oh, let's do this. In terms of usually like like fans of the project are the ones who are like, let's take it to live action. Yeah. It's not always great. The first one I ever remember seeing, Zach, was the Dragon Ball Evolution movie that starred. I've heard it's pretty bad. Is it? I don't know. 
Adam Scott and like Indy oh, Rossum or something. It might not be really? Adam Scott, but it looks like it's one of those white guys that looks like that. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Emmy Rossum was Bulma. It's bad. And even as a kid who loved Dragon Ball Z and loved movies that actually it's not Adam good. Scott. What's that guy's name? Justin Chatwin. Yeah, Justin Chatwin. Tell me he doesn't look exactly heard like Adam guy. Scott. He's in a few things. He was in Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so quite an actor. Quite an actor. Yeah, it was bad. What are some good ones? Are there any good ones I at all? I think the Ghost in the Shell one is okay mm-hmm. with Scarlett Johansson. Because the original mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell is incredible. And just because the source material and the idea are cool, they couldn't fuck it up too much. I think that Battle Angel Alita is really good. If oh, that I've counts. heard about that. Yeah, that one's really good. That was a manga and an anime beforehand. Let me think. What other ones are actually decent? It's not a long list. Of well, ones what that I kind of want to talk good. about that something you said made me think of is when given something like this, like the live action mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop or like the upcoming live action Avatar show or specifically like television programs mm-hmm. that are live action based on animated shows, what are we supposed to get out of them as an audience? Do you think it's specifically for people who already enjoy the previous thing? Do you think it's supposed to be anybody can watch this and not even ever watch the other one and be able to get everything? What do you think the the point is, to do something new or to remake something? Well, and I think that's where they get into trouble because yeah. you can't go too far in the we want anyone to be able to watch this and understand it, but you also can't go too far into the well, we're pandering to the people that have seen the show and get all the inside jokes already. So especially with this Cowboy Bebop, and I think I can feel it a lot in this first episode, they're trying to toe that line of, you know this story, you know this story, you know this plot, you know these characters, you like this. And, hey, we're mixing it up because new people could watch this too and they don't know any better, so they'll, they'll all this is fine. And not you know? just that, we kind of talked while we were watching it, the idea that conceptualize this live-action Cowboy Bebop show with hour-long episodes can and should last longer than what the original mm-hmm. did. You know, this show was probably meant to last, I would say, at least three seasons, probably. Yeah. You could do the math there. I'm sure even with, I'm sure 10 hour-long episodes times three versus the 26, 22-minute episodes, mm-hmm. it would add to more content. So you do have to think of what are some new angles on these characters that could stretch out this world. I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea because one of our not gripes, but one of our thoughts about the original Cowboy Bebop is that it's so tight, but we Mm -hmm. want so much more out of it. And here is our opportunity to have an expanded version of this story that allows for new details, that allows for new surprises, that sticks pretty close to the original, but isn't tied to the original. I'm sure Mm -hmm. especially if the show had gotten to go on past one season, they would have taken even more liberties like here they're still trying to bring the fans in and make them feel seen with what they're trying to do but i think if they had gotten to do more they could have done completely original stories that we never Mm -hmm. saw in the original run let's dive into it so we can talk about what we think about specifically this first episode and if it accomplishes any of that or not let's do it 
All right, today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 1 of the 2021 Netflix live-action show Cowboy Bebop. This first episode is called Cowboy Gospel. The episode was directed by Alex Garcia Lopez. He directed a lot of Netflix shows. He directed some episodes of The Witcher. He directed some episodes of the Netflix live-action Sabrina show. And he did a bunch of episodes of the Netflix Marvel shows, like Cloak and Dagger, Daredevil, Punisher, and Luke Cage. He did episodes of all of those. And he also did episodes of a show that, I don't know if the one he directed was in the season that John Cho was in, but he did, uh, he directed an, at least one episode of the live action The Exorcist show that was on mm. maybe five or six years ago that only lasted two seasons, and each season was a different story. And it's really, really good. Like, it's one of those really? things that totally got undersold it's scary and the first season is like a 30 year later sequel to the original exorcist in some really satisfying ways and then the second season tells a completely different story but with the same exorcists like moving on to their next thing and it's actually a really good underrated show so that gives me an excuse to shout that out that yeah you should especially as we're recording this it's spooky time it's a great Mm -hmm. there's like two 10 episode seasons it's a great spooky time thing to watch and this episode was written by christopher yost he's written episodes of the mandalorian he wrote a ton of episodes of star wars rebels uh he wrote two of the thor movies he wrote thor ragnarok and he wrote thor the dark world nice and he also wrote like a ton of Marvel cartoons, like tons of different Marvel cartoons, which is probably what got him the Thor jobs. Yeah. And then this episode originally aired along with the entire series of this live-action Cowboy Bebop on November 19th, 2021. I remember it well. Did you watch the first episode the day it came out? The week it came out. Were you anticipating this? Yeah. This was on my radar for a long time, and I was varying between Oh No, Not Again and cautious optimism when watching this first episode or before before it it came out out. yeah i completely understand and i think that's what everybody that's a fan of cowboy bebop and they put out a really cool trailer at least i thought it was cool right before the episode dropped and it got a very mixed reception but it kind of told you the live action was going to be campy kind of silly goofy a little bit less serious which I or okay even when with. it tries to be serious, it can't help but be campy and goofy mm-hmm. and silly. Unlike, you know, when the show goes into kind of those soap opera moments, the original show. Yeah. I guess because everything is so heightened and surreal, you're mm-hmm. willing to jump just as quickly into that soap opera yeah. emotional thing. But in the live action, when all of a sudden the music gets slow and the characters lock eyes, it has a different kind of sillier effect. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's – I think it's just one of those things that shows why the style of the action, dialogue, everything, the characters in anime works best in its own genre. Yeah, It's worth trying. But, I mean, when you try to, like, carbon copy some of that stuff that isn't supposed to be silly, it just comes off as silly no matter how well you do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's do some trivia. I've just got a couple questions for you. I've got three. I've got three for you as well, Zach. Why don't you kick us off? Okay, what's the name of the casino that is heisted? Ooh, is it? It's an important name. R- Royale nope. MG. You clearly don't have any ideas, so I'm just going to tell you. It's the Watanabe Casino, named after oh. creator of the show or one of the creators of the show, Shinichiro Watanabe. Wow, nice. Uh-huh. I thought that was pretty neat. What kind of coin does Spike have in the casino? Was it like a 50 piece? 
It is a 50 Wulong coin. Well yes. done, Zach. Point to you. Who took a shit in the middle of the heist? Oh, fuck. What was his name? Like yeah. uh, Hector, Maurice, nope. Molly, uh-huh. Marley? Uh, too many syllables. Marv. <laughs> it was Frank. It was Frank. 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 What doll is all the rage with little girls? Oh, something like Little Walking Sally? Wowza, it is the Walking Sally dolls. You're nice. right, Zach. Another point for you. Well, that's funny because there were I remember growing up seeing a lot of commercials for the it's a baby doll, but this one has a mouth that eats stuff and a butt Ugh. that shits it yeah. right back out. Or like this is our new doll that actually crawls and craves emotional attention, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. That was funny. This shit you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> My last question for you, where does Spike hear that there's great dancing? Oh, the fox. Mm-hmm. is the name of the club. I've got a got a softball from our last one. So I think it's a softball. Where was Spike born? Oh, I don't know, so I'm just going to guess one of the locations discussed. Wait, I think it's either Mars or New Tijuana. Which one? Mars. Correct. Thanks. <laughs> That's all my questions, Zach, which means it's yeah, time to move in mine. to our first mm-hmm. live-action edition. That's right. No more yes. animation, no more drawing. For the drawing, first time, Zach. I'm not a cartoon while I do yeah. this. Yeah. Wow. Look at your skin. I have real flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Those rosy cheeks. I like them. <laughs> Zach, it's My time to cheeks. find out, did rosy Zach from all the zits. comprehend the live-action episode this week? Uh, the part of the show where I give Zach 20 seconds. I know the episodes are longer live action, but you don't get any more time. I think 20 is yeah, fine. Yeah, 20 seconds. Oh, open my calculator. That's how you know. <laughs> 20 seconds to, in painstaking detail, describe Jesus. to me what happens this episode. Now, Zach, do you feel any sort of advantage because it's almost the same plot as the animated one? So this is your second crack at this. Yes, I do, but also I don't because... How much in this recap do I also need to set up the concept of the show that we've been discussing for the past 30 podcasts? Mm -hmm. I don't think I need to for this particular thing. Mm -hmm. For being a story that is very close to the first episode, there are a lot of characters and ideas both from the show and not from the show that are introduced here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be able to get it all in 20 seconds, but I do think I have a bit of an advantage by knowing the story of the pilot pretty well. Well, Zach, I'm looking forward to this. I have an appropriate amount of faith placed in you. Let's see how this goes. All right, Zach, are you ready? No. (laughs) How about now? Yeah. Okay. On go like always. Three, two, one, go. Bounty hunters spike and jet cruise space in the bebop looking for bounties. And after being stiffed on a casino heist, they go after a bigger one, Asimov, a man who's smuggling drugs across the galaxy and has the inform- has the attention of the syndicate. Uh, they get too involved and Spike is emotionally interested in the girl partner of Asimov who ends up not being Stop. a... Yeah. Yeah, I know. You started really strong. I know. I like the setup... No fey, no ending. Yeah, no fey, no ending, no vicious. You say what? You even liked what? I I even liked when you were getting into, like, you know, Spike's a little bit weirdly connected to the fake pregnant gal. Uh, C. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I think my... I feel more confident in ability to recap these episodes mm-hmm. than what I used to. But that 20 seconds for a guy who te- says every thought he has in a minute and a half, 
goes fast. It goes very fast. <laughs> okay, so I want to get right into what we think about this episode, what we think works, what we think doesn't mm-hmm. work. Covering this is going to be different than covering Cowboy Bebop. But I want us to be very careful to not just shit all over it and to give it a fair shake. Because I do think a lot of things about this particular incarnation have been wrongfully hated on and and tossed away as garbage. And and people involved being kind of harassed by fans of the original. And I want to be sure that we don't do that, even though we are passing fair criticism. Well, I want to bring something up, Zach, that we also have to remember and acknowledge Mm-hmm. You just finished Cowboy Bebop for the first time within the last right. month, and yes. now the, you're yeah. already examining this. There was a 20 year gap for a lot of people between. Absolutely. And for me, there was probably about a year and a half gap between the first time I watched through all of Cowboy Bebop and the first time I watched this show. So I was not as removed as everyone was, but I think that it's it's fair to point out that. The show is done a disservice when compared so closely to the original, but when you're a remake or a reboot of something, you it's open impossible yourself up not to that to. comparison. Yeah. Especially when this episode tells the same story as the first episode mm-hmm. of Cowboy Bebop and even visually mimics a lot of those classic moments yeah. from that classic first episode. It's impossible not to compare it if you're a fan of the Mm -hmm. two, which is what brought up my question earlier. What are we supposed to get out of the show? Is it for fans who want to see this new version of these characters, or is it for people who maybe never got to hear of Cowboy Bebop to be introduced to this world? From what I can tell from the episodes I've seen, I think it's supposed to be a blend of both. They do a lot of callbacks to original storylines, original characters. There's some things that you know going in if you've seen the show before that you maybe can enjoy it a little more from Mm -hmm. because you know the characters and it's nice to see them brought to life in this way. And I think that for me, especially getting to see Jet in the live action was really cool. I think Spike, we'll talk about John Cho's Spike, I'm sure a lot throughout all of this, but I like it. And I think that Faye, the actress, Danielle... I don't know all the actors' names yet, sorry. I think that she does a really good job with what she's given Mm -hmm. in these episodes. So I think that it's supposed to be accessible to both. I think that it is supposed to get people who are like, oh, Cowboy Bebop, what's this? Because I know somebody who had no idea what it was and watched the first episode and was like, I watched this show, Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, yeah, that was an anime, right? And they were like, what? And that's another thing is I almost think – I have no way to answer this question because the original is so fresh on my mind. Mm -hmm. What does someone make of this show never having seen the original? You know what I mean? Do they like it? Do they pick up on some of the intrigue about the characters' pasts in the same way that you do when Mm -hmm. watching the original for the first time? I think probably not. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how well this would work without at least being aware of the original in some capacity. Well, okay, we don't have a ton of time left on this podcast, and I don't think that we need to do story beats in the same way. I'd like us to split this up into three categories. First, I want us to talk about what works. Then -hmm. we'll talk about what does not work. And Mm -hmm. then we'll end it with things that we hope to find their way to working, like things in the episode that have potential. Okay, so let's start Mm -hmm. with the good. The first thing that I think is when it's firing on all cylinders in this episode, Mm -hmm. the visuals are really cool. Oh, yeah. 
I really like the opening casino scene. I, I like some of the red eye fights. I like the hand to hand action scenes for the most part in this episode work for me on all, I agree. all fronts. The actors all commit really hard to them. It's yeah, very clear do. that everyone knows how important that is to the show, both mm-hmm. behind and in front of the camera. Yeah. I also I think that the music, even though it's a little quiet in some of the scenes, is still really good. They completely recorded a new album for this. There's some original music, some from the show originally, but it's all re-recorded, which I think is really cool. And the songs, even the ones that we know and recognize, are slightly different they in some ways. Crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really great that they like got the music, all the original music team that they could back together, which is awesome. I really, really like Asimov and Katarina in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think they're casted well. I think they're acted well. I think they of the things that's just copying from the pilot their stuff is what I think translates best to this version of the episode. Their story, especially Katarina, uh, was told pretty well. I think we could have gotten Mm -hmm. a little bit more out of Asimov as a character or a little bit more about his background, perhaps, Mm -hmm. a little bit more of Asimov. But as far as coming off in the same way that the anime villain does without seeming like a cartoon character in any way, I thought they did very well. I think they also found a realistic way to include Faye in the episode because the whole Katarina mm-hmm. being a famous dude's or a rich dude's daughter, I don't think that's in the anime. It wasn't in the episode. At no. all. But it does make sense that Faye would be after somebody like that who's mm-hmm. going to bring a big payday. And I think that that... I think Faye's not even totally in the first episode, right? No. Faye comes of in episode original. two or three. Yeah, I think that works really well, and that's one of the new details that they've added to this storyline that I didn't even think of as not working. It just worked mm-hmm. for me, that that detail. Yeah. There are other details that do stand out as not being from the original. Mm-hmm. That's one that I thought worked really, really well. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I that I really liked about it. But I think the costuming's really good. Costuming's really good. But that, that all just goes – I can't stress enough how much I think the visuals are great when yeah. they're firing on all cylinders because mm-hmm. there are a few moments where they don't. I think the parts where the spaceship are going through like the the set of rings, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. that, I think they copied that really well and it looked really realistic. I thought yeah. the outside shot of the space casino was really true to the original in a way that worked in live action. The look of the bebop. And the writing on the side of it, I think, Mm -hmm. is really neat. Is there anything you want to say before then we move into the stuff that just does not work? No, let's hit the let's hit the not so highlights. What is it for you? What stands out the most? The thing that bugs me the most is just some of the dialogue is trying to be quippy and clever, but it just comes off as you're talking too much just for the sake of talking. Because the, the original show just has such a good timing in English and Japanese of here's a quip, here's a thing, but there it's constantly moving along. In this, I felt like we took, like, pausing in action to say, here's a snide remark because I'm a smartass. Well, when here's in a the rebuttal. Show, it could go eight full minutes without any dialogue and just being all mm-hmm. action. That's a good point. I've seen clips from later in the series that mm-hmm. are really corny. So nothing bothered me. I didn't think really anything came off as so corny it was bad in this episode. Other than the moment near the end when Spike looks at Katarina and the saxophone music starts playing. (laughs) Or or this live-action version of the Ballad of Fallen Angels flashback moment. I thought Uh was a little bit corny 
And if you didn't know the story, hard to follow in a way that's not interesting, unlike mm-hmm. the original. One thing I do like about the flashbacks, and this is a this is just something that's just added with live action, is you see like, and I don't know why this was like a plus for me, but in like the scenes where whoever was in bed with Julia, whether it be Vicious or Spike, who knows, or Fearless, there's moments where like <laughs> he like kind of grabs her, and it adds a little bit more like weight and intensity to those scenes, and I like that. But that's. You just mentioned something that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. The over-Americanization of it as far as you've got to tell this dumbass American Netflix audience yeah. everything or else they everything. won't get any of it. I hate it when a show tells us instead of showing us what's going on, what the characters are thinking. Like moments where in the cartoon, Jet would say something like the line here of, well, when you lose something, you don't get it back or whatever. Or like, we all yeah. have to lose something to move forward. The show would keep going. But in this, mm-hmm. there's like a 10 second shot of Spike going, listening, then face changing <laughs> like I also have lost some. I don't know. <laughs> I think like you mentioned yeah. with the fearless thing. That because Vicious's name is Vicious and they have to explain why his name is Vicious, everyone (laughs) in the syndicate has like an adjective nickname that talks about – so Spike is fearless. Now, on one hand, that makes sense based on his character and it kind of is – fun to fill in how Vicious got that name. Mm -hmm. But in the way that they do it in this episode, it's very, very explainy. Yeah. It's like, are you codename Fearless? Something that we complimented the original about so much was that it's so focused on the story of the week that they couldn't even begin to try to explain the world. You'll only get it explained if you're fast enough during the opening credits to read the Mm -hmm. line of text that explains the world that they're in. So... On one hand, a 50-minute episode could just be more action, more character beats, but instead I think it was stuffed a little bit too much with us getting explicitly explained what's going on. Another thing that won't matter to most people, but that is a little bit shitty with the uh, opening sequence, Zach, which I like a lot of the visuals in it. The thing that bothers me is the text in the opening sequence. They, like, Uh totally jumble and mess up from the original, so it doesn't actually make sense anymore. Yeah, well, and it's all in, like, kanji for some reason. But the original tells you a lot of stuff, and it now doesn't if you translate it. So that's, you know. Another sign of how Americanized it is. Yeah, they're like, like, no one's going to read this shit. The intro (laughs) didn't work for me, and I do like their attention to try to... They recreate it very, very closely to the key moments Mm -hmm. in the original song while also adding in more shots of other characters like in traditional American theme song sequence fashion. And I like seeing glimpses of things like the Perot Le Fou. I like Mm -hmm. seeing little glimpses of like the teddy bears. I like seeing the live action rendition of Spike on the ground with Vicious on top of him. I thought stuff Mm -hmm. like that was cool. It's just some of the stuff... I don't. Are you familiar with the term uncanny valley? Yeah. It's like uh, the biggest example is like the Polar Express. Mm-hmm. The animation in the Polar Express is so realistic that it looks fake and that it becomes like uncanny and cringy. Yeah. I think not in the same way as that, but moments here when it's like, hey, look, we did the thing exactly as it is, exactly as you like it, piping up fresh, that felt kind mm-hmm. of uncanny and cringy to me. Especially in that I do, I, I really like the three guns firing scene, though, because it's each of their, like, different guns. I thought that was done really well in the opening. 
the one detail, and this also has to do with me just having watched Cowboy Bebop, so that intro mm-hmm. is weeks away in my head instead of yeah. however long for a lot of people. The other thing about the intro that I do like, I don't like the first thing when, like, live-action Spike with the weird uh, border lines around him. Uh, mm-hmm. When he first shows up, I'm like, oh, this is cheesy. But then when he takes a drag off the cigarette and it's cartoon smoke, I thought that was it's neat. cool. So that's kind and I of, wish they did more of that in the intro. That's like, kind I think of the story of this like, show. Fused it. Mm-hmm. For everything that it does that I like, there are other things that are just uncanny and weird. Um, yeah. Anything else that really stands out to you is not working before we talk about some things that we hope progress well in the show. No, I think that was those were all my qualms this week. Okay. Uh, the things that I think that come as what I'd like to see first is I mentioned I don't buy the chemistry with Jet and Spike in this episode at all. Uh, there are moments when they're talking about like the scene when Jet tells Spike, you owe me this and they agree to go for this bounty. I thought that scene worked. But overall, every time they quip and they have like a little laugh moment together, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the warmth or familiarity that it does in the, in the cartoon. I, I didn't think that worked very well for me. But I have hopes that it'll get better. Mm-hmm. Which if my memory serves me correctly, because I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I've seen the first four or five episodes of the live action. Mm-hmm. It does improve between the two of them for sure. I thought that Jet and Faye had pretty good chemistry on screen in this episode. For the, the couple, couple of seconds they that they get together. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And Faye, that's the next thing that I hope finds itself and develops better throughout the show. We talked a little bit off mic about how I think it's unfair how mean people have been to the actress mm-hmm. that plays Faye. Because at the heart of it, I think it's a bunch of usually men who are mm-hmm. so attracted to cartoon Faye that they don't like that this Faye has long pants. They don't like that this Faye isn't supermodel, breathy voice. Even if their even if their reasoning is is different than that when they explain it, yeah. I kind of feel like that's the heart of the issue. That's and where it's I coming think from. I think that the the Faye in this is different from the show in an interesting way because unlike mm-hmm. Jet specifically, it doesn't just feel like a carbon copy impression of the cartoon version of the character. And mm-hmm. I like that. I think when she and Spike fight outside in Tijuana is cool. And then I think her moment where she's locked up in the bathroom is also pretty funny. My one qualm with the fight with her and Spike mm-hmm. is right at the beginning, she does like these like knee walks like towards him that are really mm-hmm. unnecessary. But other than that, I do like the choreography there. And the last thing that comes right to mind is the the development that this jet is a single father. Well, this jet is a has a kid, but not custody of said kid because his ex wife is boning the cop. Well, I think that still would constitute him as a single father. He's not a full time single father, but he is single and he's a father. That's fair. I'll give you that. I think it's one of those things that. It's a little bit cringy, the scene between him and the cop that his wife is stooping. Oh, yeah. But Jet is one of the characters that we get his background as much as we need to for the series to work. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of questions unanswered about Jet and about who he is and about what his current life is outside of the the bebop. And I do think that that has potential to be an interesting shade on his character Mm -hmm. to kind of explain his old softy heart it's because he's got a kid at home that he's really concerned about well and i think that's very believable for jet's character that he'd have a i I think so too daughter out there that he's kind of estranged from wants to have a good relationship with but isn't there i like it 
Well, look, we could talk a lot more about this episode. There will be a lot more to say about the future episodes. Is there anything you want to mention before we dive into our captain, our live-action captain of the Bebop this week? I'm excited to watch some more episodes of this again. There's there's a couple that I really, really, really liked of the live action. I'm excited to get there. I'm excited, too. There were things that made me cringe, and there were things that I do not think work about this episode. But none of it hit me foully in the way that I thought it might by how people mm-hmm. have talked about the show. I think the live action has promise. I think the yeah. actors have promise. That's another thing. I think John Cho doesn't 100% work for me in this episode, but he shows a lot of promise. And it's just because Spike is such a specific character that mm-hmm. you can either underperform him and he's too boring or you can yeah. overperform him and it loses the I don't give a shit about any of this that Spike has. And I think mm-hmm. John Cho is almost there but not quite. Yeah. But as far as captain, who's your captain this week? This one's tough for me this week. I was kind of between a few people, but I'm going to give it to uh, Jet this week. Jet for me was probably my favorite single character this episode i am going to give a runner-up to both asimov and also the guy performing the casino heist in the beginning Mm -hmm. i thought they do great jobs of having the intensity that these anime villains have tanaka but yeah because uh the coach in glee glee's first season is coach tanaka and that's what it made me think of I think they do a good job of not being silly while also totally having the vibe of those yelly psychological villains from the anime. I thought that was great. But I'll give it to Jet, too. I have some issues with how impression-y his voice comes off sometimes Mm -hmm. or the look, but I do think it's an interesting new angle on the Jet character. I look forward to seeing what they do with him in the rest of the show. Heck yeah. Well, we've done it. That wasn't so bad, was it? No, not at all. Not so bad. Next time, we'll be back to talk about the second of the 10 sessions in this live-action Cowboy Bebop series, and I'm really excited to see what they do next. I do like that we have this to talk about because I'm not ready to let go of Cowboy Bebop yet. Yeah. Even though this is different and not quite the same, I'm happy it exists. Me too. All right, any last words for the people as they head on out to pay their piss taxes? Spay and neuter your pets. Bye, everybody. Rest in peace, Bob Barker. Thanks for listening. Support this show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash podcast. We're starting at $5 a month. You can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Brokeback Bebop. See you next time, Space Cowboy. Let's go!